We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 413 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, October 4th, 2022, the day after yet another reminder of what was and what could have been for our football team. We on Monday Night Football had the San Francisco 49ers ripping the Los Angeles Rams 24 9. Uh, that, of course, would be the Kyle Shanahan head coach. 49ers ripping the Sean McVay head coach Rams 24-9. Each guy, of course, a former Redskins offensive coordinator. Each guy, of course, part of a Skins coaching staff during Mike Shanahan's time as executive vice president and head coach that included about a million future NFL head coaches, right? Kyle, Sean, current Green Bay Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, current Miami Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel. The story has been told many times. The lament has been had many times. As I pointed out on this podcast back in January, episode 232, to be precise, the lament for us as Washington fans over these guys way too often lacks context. It's not as simple as the skins had all of these guys, did so well with all of these guys, shoved all of these guys out the door, and then they all went on to have immediate success in their next stops. No, that's not exactly what happened. Uh, But yeah, man, every time we get slapped in the face with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and now Mike McDaniel, it doesn't feel good, no doubt, especially considering the current state of our team. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. We on Monday afternoon had what I think was the single most notable press conference for Commander's head coach Rod Rivera since the season started. His day after the game Zoom press conference off the team falling to 1-3 and with the 25-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. Ron on Monday afternoon spoke for 24-plus minutes. He gave a number of lengthy answers. He made news with a number of things that he said. Ron discussed the team's bad start to the season, including whether he is feeling the anger of fans. Heck, Ron cursed multiple times during the press conference. Ron was working blue (laughs) on Monday afternoon. Uh, Next segment, I will begin unpacking what Ron Rivera had to say, including updates on receiver Jahan Dodson, running back Brian Robinson Jr., and edge defender Chase Young. You'll also hear Ron talk about the benching of right guard Trey Turner in favor of Sadiq Charles. And then I'll get into what Ron said about his frustration with the state of the commander season. And like I said, whether he is feeling the anger of fans. And trust me, you do not want to miss that answer because it includes Ron seemingly altering his message about this season big time. Remember all of the talk about this season needing to be a step forward season for the commanders? Uh, yeah, so much for that message. Potentially, potentially. We'll see what you think. 
By the way, multiple reports on Monday night that Commander's right tackle Sam Cosme suffered a hand injury in the loss at the Cowboys this past Sunday afternoon. So now we have that to be concerned about. Also on the show, I'll talk Orioles. Uh, they on Monday night lost to the American League's number one wildcard team, the Toronto Blue Jays, 5-1 in a rain-shortened eight-inning game at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. I want to talk about the potential for the O's to have two of the top three vote-getters for American League Rookie of the Year off reliever Felix Batista's season coming to an end. And speaking of step-forward seasons, I will put an appropriate cap on starting pitcher Dean Kramer's 2022 season. Uh, no game for the Nationals on Monday night. They're game one of a three-game series at the National League wildcard-leading New York Mets was rained out. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Andy Burroughs, a huge Commanders fan in the United Kingdom, a host of the Bunker podcast, a commander's pod. Man, it really is something, the extent to which the commanders have fans in the UK, writes Andy. Does this team ever learn from mistakes? Every week I hear the same old press conferences, yet the following week I watch the same game again. Uh, thank you for the tweet, Andy. Yeah, as uh, legendary New York Yankees catcher Yogi Berra said many years ago, it's deja vu all over again. You know, what was especially painful about the loss at the Cowboys was that the commanders offensively did a lot of the things that we were asking the team to do given the pass protection problems. The commanders came out committed to the run. Uh, the commanders went with quicker passes, and yet the offensive results still were bad. I actually do think that the coaches and the players are trying to learn from mistakes, but the learning, if it is happening, is not translating to better play, at least not yet. You know, these last two games, the 24-8 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 3 and the 25-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys in Week 4, make up one of the more aggravating two-game stretches of offense in recent team history. And I know that there has been a lot of bad offense from Washington teams in recent years, but this team was supposed to be better. And over the first two games of its 2022 regular season, the team appeared to be good offensively, certainly from a passing game standpoint. And instead, the passing game over the last two games has been abysmal. Email from Sean on the Commanders, right? Sean, hey Al, as always, love the pod. Thank you, Sean. Continue, Sean. I've been sitting on this trying not to be reactionary or feed into the negativity that revolves around this team and the fan base. That being said, I'm back to my line of thinking that this whole organization <laughs> needs a colonic from the owner to the front office to the coaching staff to the personnel is it bad after week four that the only light I believe that can come from this season is if somehow the owner is forced to sell this team by some means? Why? Because the on-the-field product, much as it has been largely for 30 years now, is the biggest cause of ulcers in the area per the CDC. If we weren't such a terrible organization, we wouldn't have had to hire a mediocre, defensive-minded, conservative head coach in the form of Ron Rivera. Ron is the salt of the earth. Great person. He is a terrible head coach. He benefited from a great defense and an MVP year from Cam Newton to get to the Super Bowl. That's it for Ron. Injuries mounted for Cam and that defense got old and that was it for Rivera in Carolina. Now he comes to Washington and the only entity worse than Ron the coach is Ron the overseer of personnel. I don't see Rivera continuing after this season. I think his patience is running out. He's seeing that the fan base is not returning he has his pinky toe hanging on the boat, dabbling in the waters of retirement, Al. Maybe, just maybe, the owner is forced to sell. Rivera and his staff retire slash are fired. And just maybe Washington winds up with a top five pick and swings again at a franchise quarterback. This is what we have to look forward to as a fan base after week four. Hail, indeed, to the commanders. Thank you for the email, Sean. Uh, well, Ron Rivera is 60. Uh, he's obviously not super young, although by today's standards, 60 really isn't that old. Of course, everyone ages differently, so you can be 60, but energetic and vibrant and forward-thinking, and you can be 60 and tired and looking forward to retirement. So who knows exactly where Ron is at? He did battle cancer two years ago. Uh, he has made a lot of money. I don't think that it's like unfathomable that retirement might be 
on his mind, especially given how poorly things are going with the commanders right now. But Ron also is competitive. I do believe that. Ron has pride. And for him to walk away from this with things being in bad shape would be a bad look and would make it so that his tenure as Washington head coach was an unequivocal failure. And I'm not sure that Ron wants that on his legacy. Uh, Also, Ron, as far as we know, uh, does have two years left on his contract beyond this season. The belief is that he makes around $7 million per year. Uh, Yes, he is financially well off, but, you know, it's hard to walk away from that kind of money. What I wonder about is this. If the commanders this season somehow got their act together and ended up having a decent season, maybe even a playoff season, don't laugh, okay? Just entertain this hypothetical. If that scenario happened, would Ron use that as a springboard to leaving, with the idea being that he's leaving the team at a better place from that which he took the team over and is leaving on a high note. Think Joe Gibbs in a second go-round as Redskins head coach. There were multiple reasons for why he left after the 2007 season, but one of the reasons, I believe, was that Joe saw that things were not so easy and things really weren't going so well. And after he led the Skins to the playoffs for the 2007 season off a 5-7 and seven start to the 2007 regular season and off the murderous safety Sean Taylor, I think that Joe saw an exit ramp by which he could leave with his head held high and could leave with the plausible narrative of he left the team better than when he took over the team. And remember, Joe, like Ron Rivera, presided as head coach in a coach-centric approach. Joe Gibbs' official title in his second go-round with the Skins was team president and head coach. Just something to think about. Uh, It is counterintuitive, but maybe the most likely scenario under which Ron Rivera is out after this season is if the team does well this season. Well, we always hope that you are doing well, but if the negligence of someone else has negatively impacted you, know that the law firm of Paulson and Nace is there for you. Paulson and Nace will fight for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases, offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C., and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Heck, just last month, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government must pay nearly $1.8 million. Uh, This to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Uh, You may have read about this. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. Well, we on Monday afternoon had the day after the game Zoom press conference for Commanders head coach Rod Rivera off the 25-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys this past Sunday afternoon. As you may recall, Ron, the previous Monday afternoon, September 26th, at his day after the game press conference that followed the 24-8 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 3, gave short, testy, borderline confrontational answers. And his day after the game press conference on that Monday afternoon was uh, rather short. Uh, However, Ron's day after the game Zoom press conference on this Monday afternoon after the loss at the Cowboys 
was rather lengthy, 24 plus minutes. And Ron actually was in a pretty good mood. Uh, He gave some expansive and noteworthy answers. Next segment, I'm going to discuss some big picture stuff that Ron addressed, including an answer from Ron about whether he is feeling the anger of Commanders fans on social media, uh, because Ron in that answer provided even more proof that his messaging on what this season for the Commanders is has changed. But in this segment, let's get into the actual news from Ron's day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon, because we actually had quite a bit of news. Uh, First of all, receiver Jahan Dodson may well be out for a week or two with this hamstring injury that he suffered in the loss at the Cowboys. Jahan had a nice game. He had three receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown on four targets and drew a penalty and playing on 59% of the commander's offensive snaps. But he suffered a hamstring injury, and it may well cause him to miss a game or games. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. Well, you know, he got... You know, on, on, when they called the um, the holding, he was trying to come out of his break and try to accelerate, and, and he got you could you could see him grab the back of it. So I'm hoping he caught it before it really became something more so. And I think I don't want to say out of an abundance of caution, but because of there was concern, Al sat him the rest of the way. So we're just hoping that that thing will settle down in time, and and it you know won't be anything major that lasts longer than a week or two. Al is Al Bellamy, the commander's head athletic trainer. The commander's next two games, home to the Tennessee Titans this Sunday afternoon at 1, and then just four days later at the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. So the news on Jahan Dodson is not great, but Ron Rivera began his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon with some very good news. Running back Brian Robinson Jr. has been cleared by doctors and is set to begin officially practicing with the team on Wednesday. Uh, Robinson is on what is called the reserve non-football injury or illness list, aka the NFI list. He was placed on that on September 1st off, of course, having been shot in a leg and hip in an incident in Washington, D.C. on August 28th. The mechanics of Robinson coming off this NFI list include a 21-day window within which the commanders can activate Robinson off the list and add him to the active roster. So the triggering of that window will be on Wednesday, barring the unforeseen. This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. We have a 21-day window, and that will we'll start that officially on Wednesday if everything continues to go in the right direction. He was cleared by the doctors um, and, and given the all good, so we just got to make sure once we get to Wednesday we can go through that, because that way we get the 21 days from that Wednesday. All right. Excellent news. Uh, Now, just because Brian Robinson Jr.'s practice window is starting on Wednesday doesn't mean that he'll be added to the active roster this week and play in the commander's game against the Titans at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. But those things could happen. And the commanders, of course, can use all of the help that they can get on offense right now to say nothing of how incredible it is, right, that Robinson got shot multiple times on August 28th and now may play in an NFL game this Sunday afternoon. This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on what it means to the team to have Brian Robinson Jr.'s practice window beginning on Wednesday. Well, I think it's hopefully going to be a nice shot in the arm, you know, kind of what we were, um, and, and hopefully we get what we were expecting to get, and, and that's, you know, the, the, the other quality running back that we're looking for. All right. Uh, Maybe not exactly the greatest choice of words from Rod Rivera right there saying that Brian Robinson Jr. hopefully will give the commanders, quote, a nice shot in the arm, end quote. But that's okay. We get what Ron was saying. And you know what? I, a few minutes ago, talked about the practice window for Brian Robinson Jr. uh, being triggered this coming Wednesday. So we all maybe need to choose our words carefully when talking Brian Robinson Jr. Well, I think it's hopefully going to be a nice shot in the arm. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we got it, Ron. A nice shot in the arm. Uh, Will there be any limitations on Brian Robinson Jr. once he is officially practicing with the Commanders? More from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. Um, Apparently not uh, initially, and we'll see how he he handles it. Again, we got to see how he reacts to to contact because we will have a padded practice on Wednesday. He'll get to bump around a little bit and see how he handles that, and then we'll go from there. All right. And when it comes to the likelihood of Brian Robinson Jr. actually playing against the Titans this Sunday afternoon, 
How about this from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon? Uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. Um, just in listening to everything I've, I've, I've heard, um, it's very promising. But again, as I said, you know, the plan is to activate him on, uh, uh, not activate him, but, but start his clock on Wednesday and see how he does. And if he continues to progress, there's a very good chance he'll be able to play on Sunday. Okay, so encouraging words from Rod Rivera right there regarding Brian Robinson Jr. playing against the Titans this Sunday afternoon. I mean, Robinson playing in this game seems very much like a possibility. Uh, Robinson playing this Sunday afternoon would be awesome. Uh, The commanders in the loss at the Cowboys this past Sunday afternoon did run the ball well, but only in the first half. Running backs Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Jonathan Williams in the first half combined for 14 carries for 101 yards, but Gibson, McKissick, and Williams in the second half combined for 12 carries for just 36 yards. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on what a quality running game could mean for the commanders' struggling quarterback, Carson Wentz. What I'd like to see is, you know, is, is if we can continue to establish the run, it's going to help with the passing game, which is going to slow down the pass rush, which is going to open some things up. You know, I, it's interesting because, you know, obviously, yeah, I know I've said this before, it figures lie on large figure, but, you know, when we started the season out and, and, and as we've done it, you know, at one point, Carson with a, you know, with a clean pocket was leading the league. And it's, it's just one of those things that, that, We've got to be able to create that for him. And the, one of the ways to do it is to make sure we can establish the run early so that the play action sells it for him and helps him and, and helps our offensive line. You know, if you can get the pass rushers going sideways, it slows it down a little bit. And anytime there's, a, a you know, the dual threat of a run pass, um, it, it, it plays to our benefit. We've got to get to that. We've got to get better at that. And, and you know, that was one of the things that we saw yesterday was it helped us. You know, we had a couple opportunities and, 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 and you know, we, we screwed them up. You know, we, we have to be better at it. We have to. Yeah, the commander's rushing offense so far this season has been very inconsistent. But like I said, the commander's running game in the first half of the loss at the Cowboys was really good. So why didn't that first half running game success lead to more overall offensive success in the first half? This was Ron Rivera's answer on Monday afternoon. I think mostly because we uh, created our own mistakes in terms of penalties. You know, you get a, you get a couple of uh, illegal procedures, you get a, get a holding, uh, you get a couple of grounding, and then you're, you're backed up. So what happens is uh, instead of being in a good down and distance that, that, that is fair for you uh, on third downs, you're in a, you're in a tougher situation in, in terms of yards to gain. I mean, it's one thing to – you know, to be able to throw it when it's third and seven or, or, or second and five, as opposed to being in, in second and, and, and 20 or third and 25. There's a huge difference in, as far as that's concerned because uh, of the route you can run and how much time you have to hold the ball to let those routes develop. Yeah, penalties killed the commanders in the loss at the Cowboys. 11 accepted penalties for 136 yards, seven of the 11 accepted penalties were offensive penalties, five penalties on the offensive line, and two intentional grounding penalties on Carson Wentz. Speaking of that commander's offensive line, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon revealed that the commanders this week will be beginning the practice window for Tyler Larson. Uh, He is on the reserve physically unable to perform list on which he was placed on August 23rd due to an Achilles injury that he suffered in the loss to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field last December 12th. Larson last season was Washington's number two center. The recently acquired Nick Martin was the commander's starting center in the loss at the Cowboys this past Sunday afternoon. The commanders just signed Martin as an unrestricted free agent on September 20th. So maybe Tyler Larson is the commander's starting center for this Sunday afternoon against the Titans at FedEx Field. Also, regarding the commander's offensive line, we, in the loss at the Cowboys, had a benching. Uh, The commanders in the first half benched right guard Trey Turner in favor of Sadiq Charles. Uh, This despite (laughs) offensive coordinator Scott Turner in his post-practice press conference last Thursday afternoon, unsolicited, mind you, saying that the team was not considering any lineup changes with the offensive line. Thou doth protest too much, 
Uh, either Scott was lying or things changed. Uh, but Trey Turner has not been playing well. Uh, take you to the commander's first offensive drive this past Sunday afternoon. Resulted in a first quarter punt, six snap of the drive. Trey Turner, a second and seven, five-yard full start penalty. The seventh snap of the drive, Carson Wentz, no chance on a second and 12 sack by interior defensive lineman Neville Gallimore for a nine-yard loss. The offensive line blew a protection, and Gallimore came in unblocked, and it certainly appeared as if Trey Turner blew that protection. Trey Turner in the game ultimately played on just 15% of the commander's offensive snaps. Sadiq Charles played on 85% of the commander's offensive snaps. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon was asked if Sadiq now is the commander's starting right guard. Here was Ron's answer. Yes, Sadiq will be the plan moving forward. Um, I had a great conversation with Trey, you know, and, and the, the hardest part for Trey is he's just not right yet. I mean, he still has trouble with that leg, and it was one of the things that, um, you know, we looked at and considered. And so I sat Trey down today, and we talked about the plan for him to get him, you know, going in the right direction so that, you know, when he's healthy, ready to roll, he can help us. You know, it's one of those things that you've got to admit to yourself, and, and he's been great about it. Uh, we had a very good conversation, as I said. Sadiq will be the plan going forward. We'll continue to work with Trey and you know, continue to work him and get him ready to play just in case. Uh, in the meantime, um, you know, we'll continue to, uh, to, to, to try and develop that running game. All right, so it is now official. It has been declared. Sadiq Charles is the commander's new starting right guard. As you heard Ron Rivera allude to, Trey Turner is coming off a quadriceps injury that caused him to miss a lot of time during training camp and the preseason. But as I have talked about on the podcast, Trey Turner is coming off back-to-back rough seasons. It was always questionable whether going with him as a starting guard for this season was going to work. Now, the commanders, to me, do deserve a benefit of the doubt with the offensive line, with how good the line has been for the team at each of the last two seasons, despite a number of injuries. Uh, The commander's offensive line coach, John Matsko, is really good. But this Trey Turner signing does not look so good, at least so far. Uh, this is Trey Turner's age 29 season. The Commanders this past May 2nd announced the signing of Turner as an unrestricted free agent. He was a very good guard for, yes, the Carolina Panthers for years. So the Panthers took Trey Turner in the third round of the 2014 NFL Draft out of LSU. He played for the Panthers for six seasons, 2014 through 2019. So Turner played for Ron Rivera during his time as Panthers head coach. Ron was Panthers head coach from January 2011 to December 2019, and Turner played for Commander's offensive line coach John Matsko during his time as Panthers offensive line coach. Matsko was the Panthers offensive line coach from 2011 through 2015, was their running game coordinator from 2016 through 2019. Uh, Trey Turner, during his time with the Panthers, made the Pro Bowl in each of five consecutive seasons, 2015 through 2019. But Trey Turner's career fell off over the last two seasons. Uh, The Panthers in March 2020 traded Turner to the Los Angeles Chargers for left tackle Russell Okun, but Turner in the 2020 regular season for the Chargers played in just nine games due to a groin injury, and his overall grade for pro football focus for the 2020 regular season was 34.8 PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. The Chargers in March 2021 released Turner. Uh, Turner in June 2021 signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers as an unrestricted free agent. He, in the 2021 regular season for the Steelers, started all 17 of their games, but he, in that 2021 regular season for Pro Football Focus, had an overall grade of 69.4 and allowed seven sacks. And Turner, in the 2021 regular season, committed six penalties. And he was a part of a Steelers offensive line that wasn't good. Uh, The Steelers, for the 2021 regular season, finished number 31 out of 32 NFL teams in team pass block win rate per ESPN and finished number 30 out of 32 NFL teams in team run block win rate per ESPN. So you consider all of that, and then you add this quadriceps ailment with which Trey Turner dealt for weeks, and yeah, it's not exactly shocking that Trey Turner has been benched. Uh, Now, going back to the Brian Robinson Jr. news on Monday afternoon, the news wasn't exactly a shocker. NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com on Sunday morning reported that the commanders were expected to activate Robinson off the reserve non-football injury or illness list in the coming days. Uh, Rappaport on Sunday morning also reported that edge defender Chase Young 
who is eligible to come off the reserve physically unable to perform list this week is, quote, targeting a midseason return, end quote. And so Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon was asked whether Chase's practice window will begin this week. Here was Ron's answer. Um, no, Chase, uh, Chase is, he's, he's been doing very well. He's been training in the right direction. Our big thing more so than anything else, obviously is, is we have to wait, uh, and see where he is after this week. Um, but the doctors are optimistic. They've been, you know, pretty promising as far as their reports. It's just that they, they feel he needs a little bit more time. Well, Chase Young, of course, is coming off a torn right ACL. He suffered that in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field last November 14th. Uh, Chase, in a post-OTA practice press conference this past June 1st, revealed that a graft from his left patellar tendon had been used for his right knee, indicating that the right ACL was reconstructed and not simply repaired. And NFL insider Jordan Schultz this past August 23rd tweeted that Chase's injured right leg also had included a, quote, fully ruptured patella, end quote. What has become very clear is that Chase Young is coming off something far more serious and complicated than we initially knew. And as much as I hate to say it, you do wonder if this season is just going to end up being a lost season for Chase Young off, remember, his disappointing 2021 season that followed his terrific 2020 rookie season. Hopefully, Chase Young is back hunting opposing quarterback soon. And if you are on the hunt to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, get with real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sends you. If you want to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, but are unsure whether now is the time to buy a home, know this, now is the time. Uh, It has been a crazy last few months in real estate, no doubt, but as was detailed in the Washington Post recently, there right now is a real estate market shift taking place, giving the upper hand to buyers. The window for buying a home is opening. Uh, Buyers have faced crazy competition for homes over the last few years, oftentimes losing out on homes. Well, the rising mortgage rates mean that the market now is not as competitive and inventory is starting to rise. Uh, Houses are also sitting longer and we are starting to see price reductions, all good signs for buyers. Uh, Now is the time to capitalize on this. Visit closeitwithkel.com. That's closeitwithkel.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the Washington, D.C. area. He is a DMV native. He lives and breathes the culture of the area. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington, D.C. area unique. And Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want and then get you what you want, no matter your age, family situation, or financial situation. Kellen Hunt can help you. Kellen Hunt is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yeah, you the buyer, get a piece of the action. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. So visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell.com. Close it with Kell, K-E-L-L dot com. Book your call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Visit closeitwithkell.com. Book an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at closeitwithkell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit closeitwithkell.com and tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. More now off Commanders head coach Rod Rivera's day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon off the Commanders 25-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. On the one hand, yes, it is still early in the NFL's 2022 regular season. The Commanders have only played four of 17 games. On the other hand, the Commanders are one and three. They have the worst point differential in the NFL minus 34, and they are 0-3 in the NFC, including 0-2 in the NFC East. This past Sunday's loss at the Cowboys and the 24-8 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field 
in week three. Your record within your conference matters for playoff tiebreaker purposes, and your record within your division matters, of course, because those are double whammy games. A win in a division game is a loss for a division opponent. Here was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on if there's a part of him that's frustrated by the commanders being 0-2 in games against NFC East opponents. Without a doubt. Um, very frustrated, you know, because when you have certain moments that sit there and tell you, man, we're, we're doing them, some things better. I mean, we played better defense. Third down is, is, is showing first and foremost. That was one of our, one of our, our sore spots last year. Um, you know, uh, shutting the rundown has been really good for us the last two weeks. Um, so going, you know, coupling that, what we were, we were 25% last week and third downs, 35%, 33% this week. Uh, we helped the last two teams under 100 yards. Um, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic about that portion of it. Uh, but, you know, we did give up a couple of explosives. Uh, we had a few too many penalties, um, negated some turnovers we've had. So that's that, that, that honestly, I'm, I'm upset. That bothers me because, I, you know, I am. I'm, I'm <laughs> I just think that we should be better than we are. Um, but you look at some of the things that were positive um, and we'll build on that and, and, I think on the offensive side, running the ball, um, doing a better job with protections this past week compared to what it was the week before um, is, is a step in the right direction. Now, you know, I guess to Sam's question, do, do, I, do I think it's good to have the guys that, you know, that we're going to be able to do what we want to do on offense? I'd like to think we got 11 guys that will compete and give us everything they, they have so that we can be successful and we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. So said Rod Rivera, quote, I just think that we should be better than we are, end quote. He's right about that. The commanders should be better than one and three. The question is, why aren't they better than one and three? Now, I know that a lot of you have been wanting Ron to take more ownership of the one and three start. Uh, The truth is that he has taken some ownership, but I do think that he could be doing a better job of taking ownership. What I haven't loved about how Ron has talked about the one and three start is him not going like out of his way to take ownership of the one and three start. The way that, say, the quarterback, Carson Wentz, has gone out of his way to take ownership of his mistakes. Ironic, right? Carson, for whatever it's worth, has done a terrific job of taking ownership of his mistakes. Now, of course, you know, you hate that there have been so many mistakes for him to take ownership of, but that's not the conversation right now. Carson has done a really good job of taking ownership of his mistakes. Ron, to me, has only done like a so-so job. What I think might do Ron some good in the eyes and ears of fans would be to just come out and be blunt and honest about the team's struggles and make it clear that he needs to be better. He doesn't have to call specific players out. He doesn't have to beat himself up, but just convey a sense of what's going on here isn't acceptable. I think that a lot of Commanders fans would appreciate that. I know that I would appreciate that. For comparison's sake, take a listen to this. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach and former Redskins safety Todd Bowles this past Sunday night after the Bucs fell to 2-2 with a 41-31 home loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Here you go, a Q&A with Todd Bowles during his post-game press conference. Todd, your defense had only given up 27 points before tonight. They gave up 28 in the first half. I know the turnover starting the game is not what you wanted, but what, what happened tonight to the, to the defense? We didn't play well. Uh, they did a good job, and they kicked our butts all over the field. Turnovers had nothing to do with it. We got to play situational football if they do get it down there and hold them to three at least. Our red zone defense was poor. Our run defense was poor. Our pass defense was poor. Our third down efficiency was poor. And we played a poor game, and that falls on me. I'll take that. So how about that? How about that? That, to me, is how a head coach should talk about a disappointing loss and his role in the loss. And I know every head coach is different in terms of personality, and the Bucks are in a much different place than the Commanders are in. But hopefully you get the idea. A little more of what Todd Bowles said on Sunday night from Ron Rivera to me would be good. Uh, we now move to the notion of urgency. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on where the sense of urgency for the Commanders is with the team being in last place in an NFC East that may well be good 
this season with the Philadelphia Eagles 4 and 0 and the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants each 3 and 1. Then there is a sense of urgency. You know, we've got to get the ship right and we've got to go out and make plays and we got to go out and you know, we all have to do better. We we do. Players, coaches, you know, um our staff, every we just got to do better. And and we know that. And again, it's it's just Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep, you know, everybody keep pulling, everybody keep pushing in the same direction. We've got a chance. All right. And notable that Ron Rivera included the coaches in saying that, quote, we all have to do better, end quote. And now we arrive at the main event. <laughs> uh, the most notable big picture item from Ron Rivera at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon was what I'm about to play for you. So as you probably know, Commanders fans, they are not happy right now. Uh, There is a frustration, an anger, a disgust with the team once again being off to a bad start and perhaps once again being in the midst of a non-playoff season. Washington has made the playoffs in just six of the team's last 29 seasons, 1993 through 2021. The team made the playoffs just six times, 1999, 2005, 2007, 2012, 2015, and 2020. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on whether he feels the anger of fans on social media. Well, I tell you right now, a lot of things that I do is not dictated to me by what's out there on social media. Um, I'd like to believe I'm responsible and I understand enough to know, though, that the fans are going to be frustrated. I don't doubt that. I really don't. I understand the history of, of what's gone on here for a while, and we're trying to change that. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be easy. If anybody thought it's going to be easy, they're crazy. You know, I, I honestly tried to get that across last season. Um, but let's just be realistic about it. I get it. I understand it. And we're going to keep playing hard. That's the only thing we can do until we get to the situation and to the point where we really believe that this is where, where, where what we need. Everybody's in place. Everybody's healthy. Everything's rolling. You, you just, it's, it's not going to change. We're going to continue to work hard and continue to try and mature and grow as a football team. This is going to take time. It's a process. Now, how much time do we have? That's up to you guys. Whatever, whatever, however, and whenever it's looked at. Um, you know, if we can paint a picture of hope, we can paint a picture of growth and development, paint a picture of, 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 of doing things the right way, we got a chance. And that's what I'm going to preach with our players. You know, we're going to focus in on what we try to do and what we got to do. Like I said, I understand, I respect their, their frustrations as fans. I, I get it. You know, I, I shoot. I was in Carolina when, when you know, when we showed up there, and they were two and fourteen. And I heard the frustration. We worked our butts off to try and get it to where it was. You know, I got here. I understand everybody's frustration, especially how proud this organization is. Shit, this organization's got five championships. Are you fucking kidding me? I get it. I understand how important it is to win. Okay, but I got to be realistic with what we have and what we're going to do. Now, some of it we can improve on as coaches and get better at, and we have to. Um, there is a sense of urgency that these things have to happen, but they're not going to happen until everything's in place and it's ready to happen. So we got to continue to work and make sure that's happening. As far as the players have are concerned, they've got to continue to grow. They got to mature. They got to understand what their responsibility in this as well. So yeah, we get it and understand it. Um, you know, whether it's, it's the average fan on the street or it's the average fan that's on Twitter, I guess, or social media that wants to gripe. That's great. They're entitled to, but just understand we understand it. We get it. When you're in this league long enough and been doing it for as long as, as some of us have, you know, you know, that with the downs, things get tough. With the ups, things get happy and everybody's, you know, enjoying life. So we just have to understand what's at stake, continue to work hard and keep pushing in the same direction. And when it's ready to turn and flip, it will. And we've got to do everything we can in the meantime to try and expedite that. Wow. So that was some answer by Ron Rivera. That was some answer by the Don, Don Ron, uh, a near three minute answer from Ron. Uh, There was a lot to that answer, including (laughs) including some curse words, some naughty words from Don Ron. Uh, But what stood out to me the most from that answer was Ron deviating from the idea of this season needing to be a step forward season. Did you notice that? 
You know, I, on last Thursday's show, episode 410, talked about how Ron has started to say things in contrast with the mantra that he had been espousing for months, that this season needs to be a step forward season for the team. Well, how about some of what Ron said in that cut that I just played for you? Quote, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be easy. If anybody thought it's going to be easy, they're crazy. I honestly tried to get that across last season, but let's just be realistic about it. I get it. I understand it. And we're going to keep playing hard. That's the only thing we can do until we get to the situation and to the point where we really believe that this is what we need. This is going to take time. It's a process. Now, how much time do we have? That's up to you guys. Whatever, however, and whenever it's looked at, if we can paint a picture of hope, we can paint a picture of growth and development, paint a picture of doing things the right way, we got a chance. And that's what I'm going to preach with our players. End quote. We recently have heard Ron Rivera talk about the commanders playing younger players. Uh, He talked about that multiple times in recent weeks. And now we on Monday afternoon had Ron literally saying, quote, it's not going to happen overnight. This is going to take time. It's a process. End quote. He's not wrong about that. (laughs) But again, Ron Rivera for months talked about this season needing to be a step forward season. That was, without question, the number one storyline for the commanders this season, the season needing to be a step forward season. That, more than anything, has been the mantra for this 2022 season for the commanders. He first said this last season. Ron Rivera this past January 3rd, in a day after the game Zoom press conference, quote, this offseason is going to be very important, very vital to what I think is part of the plan. It's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward, end quote. Ron said that this past January 3rd. He then reiterated that in various ways many times during the offseason. But Ron, on Monday afternoon, quote, it's not going to happen overnight. This is going to take time. It's a process End quote. Well, <laughs> which one is it? Is this a step forward win now season? Or are the commanders still rebuilding? Ron Rivera has a history of changing his mind and changing his messaging. We have seen that during his time as Washington head coach. And look, you are allowed to change your mind, okay? But it's impossible not to wonder if the sudden change in messaging about what this season is has to do with what's happening this season, i.e. the Commanders being 1-3 with an NFL worst point differential of minus 34. If the Commanders were 4-0 with a point differential of plus 40, would Ron be singing the song of, hey, it's not going to happen overnight, this is going to take time, it's a process? Is Ron perhaps changing his messaging on the nature of this season because of how the season is going? Now look, it is possible in the NFL to both rebuild and contend at the same time. But when you, for months, pound one message, and then as you're getting off to a 1-3 and three start, seemingly do a 180 and start preaching the opposite message, or at the very least, preach a dissimilar message, well, people are going to notice that. And people are going to ask questions. To say nothing, by the way, of how whether you are a win-now team or a rebuilding team should govern your offseason. If you're a win-now team, you should make win-now moves. If you're a rebuilding team, then you should be operating with the bigger picture in mind. The commanders this past offseason made a win-now move in trading for quarterback Carson Wentz, but the commanders then didn't do much else. And the latter seemed contradictory to the former. Now, that approach may prove to be the right one. And just because you don't do a bunch of stuff doesn't mean that you're doomed to not have a good season. But right now, at 1-3, and three, with an NFL worst point differential of minus 34, few things seem to be right. And that may explain why Rod Rivera seemingly has changed his message. Up next, I'm talking Orioles. Are they going to have two of the top three vote-getters for American League Rookie of the Year? Much more after this. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's talk some Orioles. They on Monday night lost to the Toronto Blue Jays 5-1 in an eight-inning rain-shortened game at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. The O's now are 82-78 and with two games left in the 2022 regular season. Uh, the Blue Jays' win, coupled with the Seattle Mariners losing, clinched the top American League wildcard spot for the Blue Jays. You know, there really isn't that much drama in MLB over these final days of its 2022 regular season. The Philadelphia Phillies on Monday night clinched a playoff spot. So all 12 of MLB's playoff spots have been clinched and five of the six divisions have been decided. The only division up in the air is the National League East. The Atlanta Braves have a one and a half game lead on the New York Mets. Uh, The Phillies are in the playoffs for the first time since 2011. And so how about this? Every major league team now has made the playoffs at least once since 2014. Now, that's a little skewed because the Miami Marlins' only postseason appearance since winning the World Series in 2003 was making the playoffs in the COVID-shortened 2020 season with the expanded postseason. But for all of the talk for years about payroll disparity and market size disparity in MLB, every team now has made the playoffs since 2014 with the Phillies clinching a playoff spot on Monday night. Anyway, a few things from this Orioles loss at the Blue Jays on Monday night. Uh, The O's in the game only had three hits. All of them were singles, but one of them was by Adley Rutschman, who had another good game. Uh, He is the Orioles starting catcher and number two batter, went one for one with a single and two walks. So his OPS for the 2022 regular season at the major league level now is at 814, including an on-base percentage of 365, Rutschman and Seattle Mariners outfielder Julio Rodriguez have had quite the battle for the American League Rookie of the Year award. Now, Rodriguez probably is going to win it. His key stats are better than Rutschman's, but Rutschman certainly has made his case. Adley Rutschman entering Monday was number one on the O's by miles, and baseball references wins above replacement for this season at 5.2. The O's actually could finish with two of the top three vote-getters for American League Rookie of the Year because reliever Felix Batista should get a good number of votes, although his season now is done. Uh, The O's on Monday afternoon placed Batista on the 15-day injured list with left knee discomfort, retroactive to October 1st. Uh, Not that backdating that move matters at this point. Batista in the 2022 regular season, 65 games, 65 and two-thirds innings, ERA at 219, whip of 0.93, strikeouts per nine innings of 12.06, and 15 to 17 on saves. Just tremendous numbers. And he came to have the great entrance into games at Oriole Park at Camden Yards with the whistle from Omar from the television show The Wire. Uh, The O's in 2002, 20 years ago, 
had two of the top three vote-getters for American League Rookie of the Year. Starting pitcher Rodrigo Lopez finished second. Reliever Jorge Julio finished third. We could have something similar this year with Adley Rutschman and Felix Batista. Uh, The last Oriole to win American League Rookie of the Year was another reliever, the Wild Thing, uh, reliever Greg Olson in 1989. Uh, I mentioned Adley Rutschman's war for this season. Number one among Orioles pitchers in baseball references war for this season entering Monday was starter Dean Kramer at 3.0. He on Monday night was the Orioles starting pitcher. Four runs, three earned in six innings. He did commit a throwing error, but for him in his 2022 regular season at the major league level, 22 games, including 21 starts in ERA of 323. So much better than what went down with him last season. Dean Kramer in the 2021 regular season at the Major League level for the O's. 13 starts, a total of 53 and two-thirds innings, an ERA of 755. The O's during the 2021 regular season twice demoted Dean Kramer to AAA Norfolk, and he this season it was so much better, including what he did Not long ago, September 23rd, a 6-0 win over the American League-leading Houston Astros at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Kramer in that game, a four-hit shutout. O's manager, Brandon Hyde, during his post-game press conference on Monday night, was asked what Dean Kramer has accomplished this season. Here was Hyde's answer, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange. Well, a lot. I mean, uh, you know, they're... uh, I want to believe that he's that pitcher that threw against Houston two starts ago and that uh, um, really matured a lot and all of his, his the pitch development and all four of his pitches has improved. His fastball velocity got up. It was down today, down to really his last start too, a little bit. Um, but just learn how to pitch more and, and and was able to execute a lot better this year. Uh, the curveball, which wasn't there tonight, became a factor, the change-up, uh, the cutter's always been there, but now it's being able to throw four pitches for strikes, and I thought he had a bunch of really good starts this year. So I'm excited about going uh, into spring training with him next year. Considering what happened to him last year, did you think things would be better? What did you think? Uh, you know what? I, th- I thought Dean looked better this year in spring training, but uh, – Kind of never know how guys. I mean, it was a, it was a rough go last year, and then we sent him to AAA. It was a little bit rocky in AAA as well, but uh, you know, I thought he had a good mindset in spring training. Made the club out of spring. Thought the stuff had improved. That he did made a lot of good made some nice adjustments this off season, and uh, you know, as he as we needed a starter, and he was in the mix after some injuries. There, you, you saw fairly early that he was his stuff had, has gotten better and, and he was different. So he did a great job of, I mean, it's a typical kind of young player kind of going through adversity and he did a nice job coming out of it and, and uh, um, you know, staying with it. Yes, he did. By the way, while we're talking awards, Brandon Hyde should get votes for American League Manager of the Year. But yeah, really nice season. For Dean Kramer, the O's acquired Kramer from the Los Angeles Dodgers in the trade package for third baseman slash shortstop Manny Machado in July 2018. The O's really have not gotten much out of that trade, but the O's certainly may have something in Dean Kramer. Game two for the O's against the Blue Jays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards is on Tuesday night at 7.05. Mike Bauman will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 414, will feature a special guest, Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. We'll get into a lot with the team, including head coach Rod Rivera, seemingly having altered his message from this season needing to be a step-forward season to now emphasizing that the team remains in a rebuild. Uh, Also on the show, I'll talk Nationals and Orioles. Weather permitting, uh, the Nats on Tuesday afternoon at 410 are scheduled to begin a traditional doubleheader at the National League wildcard leading New York Mets at 410 for games one and two of a three-game series, although the forecast in New York is for a lot of rain. 
The O's on Tuesday night at 7.05 will begin game two of a three-game series against the American League's number one wildcard team, the Toronto Blue Jays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. You know, I got here. I understand everybody's frustration, especially how proud this organization is. Shit, this organization's got five championships. Are you fucking kidding me? I get it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.